I'm still young, wasting my youth. I'll grow up next summer. I'm back on those drugs. I quit. I kept my dealer's number. I'm still young, wasting my youth. I'll grow up next summer. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again, 24th podcast, best video gaming and sports podcasts on the entire internet. Made it! Made it, we're back. God, pause the music, hold on, just pause it, okay? Last night, uh, did not feel good at all at the end of the podcast. Turned off the podcast, shut off the podcast, then I had hot hot, hot, the hottest of hot, diarrhea, soon as I turned off the podcast, and I was like, oh, that's why I feel so sick, just went in, didn't have to throw up, freaking just, God, it was, it was terrible last night, I had wing stop, probably should not get wing stop for a little while, for a hot minute, let's just call it a hot minute. We're back. Unpause my music. Jesus Christ. We're back. A lot of football to talk about. We're going to start off. Pause it again. Start off with the draft here. Going to start it off. Going to talk a little bit about draft. Talk about some of the prospects that I like. Also, we're going to hit onto onto some other things. We're going to wrap up this weekend and maybe we'll talk a little bit about the postseason as well and i'll talk about some and maybe 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 we'll talk about some of the uh the losers of the year losers losers teams that didn't even get close to making it to the playoffs like the detroit lions how about that really really interesting really really good podcast coming up and pot thing is Gonna talk about a lot of stuff, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the 24th podcast coming up very, very man. For the last, really last couple of months, I have been re-watching one of my favorite animes of all time i will not i will not accept anything it will not and it should not be anything other than one of the greatest animes of all time gundam wing i have been re-watching it just uh to have something on the background uh, whenever i'm doing something you know sometimes you just gotta watch some stuff in the background i i watch gundam wing in the background it's it's all right i, I sometimes watch i love watching gundam wing so I was watching, I mean, I'm watching Gundam Wing right now. Hito's about to blow up um, the meteor, not the meteor, the space station that would have collided with Earth and would have destroyed Earth, and there he goes, he blows it up, so I'm about to have to change the uh, the TV shows that I've been watching to, like, something else. I don't know. I always like to watch stuff during the podcast maybe not watch is the best way to describe it but have something on in the background it's weird it's like i like to be entertained as i am being entertained or as i am let's just be honest as i am trying as i am attempting to be entertaining let's just be honest about that but no uh hold on let me go go ahead and get freaking something hold on 
should have done all this literally before I got on. And yes, you may ask me, 24, 24. Uh, you started off the show yesterday doing push-ups. Did you do your push-ups? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, God. Gonna probably start doing like 30 to 40 next week because doing 10 is way too easy and hard at the exact same time. Like, I'm not sore at all after doing 10 push-ups. And yeah, probably gonna have to train significantly harder <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Uh, anyways. What was I talking about? I don't know. I was going to start off really these last couple of podcasts talking about the draft. It's coming up four months. And I thought that we would already start to prepare going forward from here. Probably have a week to bi-weekly conversation about the draft and specifically the players within the draft that you should be looking for uh, as we get going here in the next couple of weeks with the Combine, the Senior Bowl, and then Pro Days are in March. So, I mean, we're talking like peak draft sequences are about to happen. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. I'm literally watching the ending, the final moments of Gundam Wing. I cannot believe. So if you don't know, I got to talk about this. If you don't know, Gundam Wing is an anime, animated television show. Awesome. Super popular. It's one of the TV shows that was really, that really, I don't want to say popularized anime in the West, but it was one of those TV shows that was very consumable in the West. And it's so awesome. I love Gundam Wing. They made a movie about the TV show. It's called Gundam Wing Endless Waltz, which is essentially an extension of the TV show. It's awesome. It's a great movie. It, it has great animation in it as well. But it kind of leaves the TV show with a lot of questions, right? And some of the characters with a lot of questions as well. And there was this anime... That got, no, it wasn't an anime. It was a manga. A manga! Called Gundam Wing Frozen Teardrop, I think? Gundam Wing... What is it? Yes, Frozen Teardrop, right? Problem is, do they make it in English? I don't think they made it in English. They didn't make the manga a TV show. They didn't make a man manga TV show. And they didn't freaking make an English translation. Hold up, I'm looking at it right now just to be very, 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 very clear. Hold on. I don't know, but like, but it's just so frustrating because I, I, I don't think they made an English version of it or uh, an English version of the manga. Otherwise, I would have bought it. It's so frustrating because I literally would have bought it, but they didn't make one. And so now I never know what happens definitively. It's so annoying. I'm so annoyed. Because it sounds so interesting. Literally all of the volumes were released like six years ago. They haven't bothered to make them English into English volumes. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I just, I just want one. Just give me one. Not one, but all of them. Then on top of that, they're just, they haven't been bothered to make 
an anime, which I'm fine with because you won't be able to find like the the voice actors. I mean, Gundam Wing is like almost a 30 year old television t show. To be honest with you, it's just so frustrating. I'm just so frustrated. Anyways, um. Off of my ranting and like literally Relina is about to rip up the card that Hito gives her because she wants it because he ripped up her birthday invitation. If you don't know, Hito Yui, one of the main characters of the TV show and this girl named Relina Peacecraft, they're kind of like, <sighs> it's so frustrating, their relationship. They're supposed to be like, they, they like each other, but they haven't freaking, you know, committed or you know, tried to be in a relationship or whatever. So she invites him to his birthday, to her birthday at the beginning of the show. He reps up the card and freaking at the end of the show, she rips up his card that he gives to her. And she says to him, uh, next time, give it to me in person. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of nice. It's a nice little ending. God, I love Gundam. Who doesn't love Gundam Wing? Man, this ending is just so sad. I just feel so unsatisfied. I feel like there should be more. And there isn't more. It's just it ends on Endless Waltz. And Endless Waltz, it's not as great of an ending as it should be. I'm just so frustrated. God, hold on. I have to, like, put my DVD. Yes, I own DVDs. And CDs and vinyl. It's like you you live in the country without internet for like 18 years and see how much streaming you'll do. Don't judge me. Sorry. Hold on. There's like sirens outside. go by and I was just like okay there's like I literally live in the country right now and it's just like there's no ambulances that have really ever like freaking traveled on this street hold on sorry about that where was I I was going on a diatribe about I don't even know what. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So, about a year ago, right? Now I'm just ranting and raving on things that have nothing to do with football instead of ranting and raving on football. About a year ago. This isn't related to football at all. This is just something that I want to talk about for like two minutes. About a year ago. I was super stoked because TV shows that I had wanted to watch as a kid. It's it's weird. It's like I'm I'm a very nostalgic person, so it's just like stuff that I love as a kid is some of the stuff that I love as an adult, right? So like TV shows like Edna Nettie, uh Codename Kids Next Door, like stuff like that, I had never really gotten to see as a kid consistently just because like I just I didn't get to see it that much. And I still love it. I still love Ed and Nettie and Codename Kids Next Door and stuff like that. But I never really got to see 
I only got to see reruns and stuff like that. And I always like, I'd always wanted the actual series on DVD. But Cartoon Network freaking never released it on DVD. Hold on. I don't like the TV show that I'm watching. I want to watch Ed and Eddie now. Hold on. I'm nitpicky. Give me like two seconds. Hold on. I actually have to freaking do something. Hold on. Sorry about this. It's just taking me forever. So, I freaking... Back to what I was saying, right? And what I was saying was, I had wanted to watch these TV shows as a kid. That I watched as a kid, excuse me, as an adult, right? Because I'm a child at heart. Ask me a question. Hey, 24, do you have do you have one of uh, the very popular TV shows that you liked as a kid? Yes, I do. I have the Danny Phantom TV show, the complete series. I've seen Danny Phantom like eight times. I love Danny Phantom. I love it. It's one of my TV shows ever. Ever. And it's like, I love it. Love it. But it's like you can't find some of these TV shows ever, or anywhere, excuse me, except you can find some of these TV shows actually on HBO Max because HBO actually has all the TV shows. Nobody told me this. Nobody told me this. I didn't know. But yeah, you can find like all these TV shows on uh, on HBO Max. Funny enough, I spent a lot of money freaking buying all of these DVDs or whatever of my favorite TV shows as a kid. And I was just like, I went in my closet and I found them again today, and I was just like, oh yeah, I still have those TV shows. Maybe I should watch them instead of constantly re-watching Gundam. I could re-watch all the TV shows that I loved as a kid, and that's what I'm doing right now. I don't know. Anyways, that has nothing to do with football, so let's actually get into football. Let's talk about one of the most anemic football teams on the planet. One of the TV, not TV, one of the, uh, the football teams that just irks the daylight out of me every single time I watch them or we cover them or we talk about them. I'm just like, why? That's my first question. I'm always just like, why? Why do the things that you do as the Chicago Bears? Why? Why? That's my, that's my question. That's my first question. Why? Why do you punish me as a football fan? Why aren't you punishing your fans? Why? So today, I get this uh, this alert. The alert is, get this message, get the news. Justin Fields is going to be starting on Sunday. Hold on, let me pause Ed and Eddie. Let me make sure I don't have the game. Hold on. Game won't matter. Bears are out of the playoffs. But I just want to, you know, I just want to check. Let's make sure, hold on. NFL football. I just want to check, make sure that they're not going to be, you know, playing and I don't have the game and things like that. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. No, I don't have the game. Okay. Here's the thing, okay? <clears throat> As I switch back to Ed and Eddie. Here's the thing, okay? I don't understand the Bears. 
Season's over with, right? The Bears are... Let me find their record here. Bears are 6-10. and 10. You, You're nowhere near the playoffs. Why are you playing your injury-prone quarterback who is known for exposing himself and putting himself in bad situations and bad predicaments? Why are you putting that quarterback in said bad situation and bad predicament by starting him on Sunday? I don't know why. I don't know why they do this to me. I really don't. I don't understand it. I keep hearing like very weird things. Like the owner, the McCaskey should be like, stop, stop, stop. Fired, fired. We're not playing Justin. We are not playing Justin Fields. We are not playing Justin Fields because you're anemic as a head coach and you're terrible as a GM. You've been here for six years. You've had one good draft. Fired, fired. We're not, Justin, go home. Sit down. Put on some warm-ups. You're not playing. It should have been as quick and as easy as that if you're the McCaskies. But the McCaskies, um, for some weird reason, they don't like to make... I don't know how these billionaires are billionaires. Can somebody explain it to... They just, to me, make bad decision after bad decision. And here we are. At the precipice of all of their bad decisions compounded into the 2021 NFL season where they are 6-10 and 10 and they have not gone to the playoffs in the last three years since Matt Nagy was here. Like, I felt like he should have been fired last year. He definitely should have been fired after this year. And I keep hearing these rumblings and these grumblings out of Chicago, among other things, and we will get into the among other things. I keep hearing these mumblings and grumblings out of Chicago that potentially Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy could both be back in Chicago next year. This is why I say I don't get what they're doing because I don't understand what Chicago and the Bears are doing. Where is the intelligence? Where is the track record? Where is the resume of success? Where is the qualifications that they have to keep their jobs? Where is the performance that you would want to be? Is this what you want as the Chicago Bears as ownership? Eight and eight, eight and eight, one eight and eight season, you got to the playoffs. The other eight and eight season, you didn't. This year, you're six and 10, about to probably be, if you're, no, they're against the Vikings. So probably about to be six and 11. What do you want me to do with that? What do you want me to do with that? I can't do anything with that because that is nothing. That is non-qualifications. That is terribleness. That is anemicness. It's just terrible. I don't I don't get it. Then they want to play Justin Fields against the Vikings, which is they're not a threat because they're both not in the playoffs. Vikings are officially out. They got eliminated last week against the uh, the Packers on Monday Night Football. Or Sunday night football, I think. Can't remember which, but they got eliminated. Doesn't matter. Done. Where's the production? Where's the winning? Now, to clarify on the Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy circumstance, it's apparently not one or the... It's not both of them that's going to keep their job. It's one or the other. And I can't really pin, pin down who's going to get fired and who's going to stay. I can't figure it out. Because it hasn't been super clear 
just yet. But what I do know is that one or both of them could potentially keep their jobs. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Just, it's just it's just weird. And then they're going to put in Justin Fields. I thought he was done. With like an ankle injury, he broke some of his ribs. Then he had an ankle injury. He's a rookie. I said that he, I said that he wasn't ready to play. People were like, 24. Bears fans were like, 24. He's ready to play. We want to see Justin Fields. And I'm like, you guys have no success with quarterbacks. Listen to somebody who's a fan of the Patriots and the Cowboys, who is, and who's an analyst. And I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm saying. You guys don't. You guys want to, guys ran, what is it, Vince McMahon or John McMahon, whatever his name is, out of town. He went to the Packers and the Vikings just to spite you. I'm just saying... You know, you probably don't know as much as you think about quarterbacks if you're a Chicago Bears fan and if you're a Chicago analyst. So people want to tell me, hey, we can play him. I'm like, what? I just don't understand it. (sighs) I just don't understand it. But it's not my problem. It's the Bears' problem. And the Bears, on top of many things, are a non-playoff team. Let's move on to the draft. So I got some draft prospects for you here today. We'll talk about them. I have, as I turn my page, I have 18 draft prospects. Prospects. I knew I had 18, but I just wanted to check. I wanted to make sure. I have 18 draft prospects. Prospects. Most of them are going to hit in the first through third round. I would say the majority of these guys are probably first and second round draft picks. I don't think really there's a third rounder. Turns page. I don't think there's a third rounder really here. I think they're all first. And a lot of these names are familiar. We'll kind of hit on every single one of them, and I'll kind of I'll kind of help you out if you don't know who these people are and why you should care about all these players, because all these players are some of the best players at their respective positions uh, in this year's draft, as well as some of these players are some of the best players that I've seen in the last couple of years. I've done a lot of evaluation this year, but some. I feel like I just need a little bit more time on some of these other players. So it's 18 right now. I think it may have been in like the 60s to 70s. I had like 60 to 70 players that I was like, why am I guessing? Oh, no, I don't I don't want to pick up my journal because it's drawing. I put some ink over it to kind of embolden some of the drawings that I'd had on the cover. But I think I had somewhere close to 70, 80. I think I had like 10 players per position. Something like that. Some of these positions I only have like one player for. So we'll kind of see what happens. But as of right now, you know, it's a small list, but we'll figure it out. Let's get started. So the only running back that I have on this list, and this is in no particular order. This isn't, you know, supposed to be this guy's better than this guy or whatever. It's just, you know, it's just players in a non-organized manner. And we'll go with some of the positions, but I think I want to talk. I want 
I want to talk about running back here specifically because Kenneth Walker is such a underrated, under-evaluated, and underappreciated prospect, and it kind of blows my mind that Kenneth Walker is underappreciated and undervalued. It's weird to me. Because Kenneth Walker, to me, is one of the better running backs coming out of college in the last, like, three to four years. Super consistent. Super awesome runner. Can run power. Can run edge. Can burst. Has speed. Has a little bit of wiggle to him. And he's just so consistent. And he's a high, high volume guy. In the sense of, you can, you know, he's a bell cow back. You can give him the football a a ridiculous amount of times. You can give him it 20, 30, 40 times. Maybe not 40, but you can give him the football a lot of times. And he will still be an incredibly productive running back. He There's been times where I have seen Michigan State give Kenneth Walker the football in the backfield. And the pass rush, not the pass rush, the run blocking is not good at all. It's not standard. It's pretty bad. Kenneth Walker will just freaking, you know, he'll just freaking shrug off a tackle. He'll bounce right. He'll bounce left. He'll go. He'll get up the field. He'll burst. He'll do things that very, very high-level running backs are capable of doing. Some people want to talk about, well, he's not a very good, you know, pass-catching running back 24, and that's why... It, and it's just like, well, that's why you have a lot of different running backs on your team. You have three running backs. There, there is no bell cow back anymore in the NFL. It's a dead position, you know? If you're a bell cow back, like Ezekiel Elliott, it's, you know, like it, like how Dallas used Ezekiel Elliott a couple of years ago. I mean, that's just a stupid thing to do. Give different responsibilities to different running backs. Let Zeke run. Let Tony catch. Let whoever else block. It's not that hard. It's what the Patriots do. But when I was watching Kenneth Walker, I was like, oh, this guy, five five years ago, probably would have been a top 10, top five pick in this year's draft. This year, people have misevaluated him to the point where he's probably not going to go in the first round, depending on how people look at him. Because people are just, they're not, there is no urgency to draft a running back. When people's perception on the position is that, A, it's a overvalued position in a lot of ways, or it's an undervalued position, overrated position, excuse me. It's like you don't need to have an awesome dominant running back to have a good running game. It's just you need to have good offensive line play to have a good running game. And then everything else can kind of fall from there. But teams are like, yeah, we don't need a running back. We'd rather have an offensive lineman. But Kenneth Walker is like, one of those picks that I look at, or one of those players I look at is just like, he's one of the safer picks in the draft next year. And I'm kind of confused by what I'm seeing out of a lot of evaluators, especially it's just like, he's one of the bigger players. Like some of the players that you'll see here, let me look up how pro football, what is it? Pro football network? Yeah, pro, yeah, pro. Like, Pro Football Network, they sometimes ranked him as, like, a second-round draft pick. I was just like, what? And I like their evaluation, but I'm just like, what? He's not a second-round draft pick. What, what is he? What is Kenneth Walker? Yeah, he's a 34th overall uh, player. I was just like, what? That doesn't make any sense. 
But I mean, potentially a first rounder, one of my favorite players in the draft, one of the most, like one of the easiest evaluations in the draft, one of the best. It's like he's one of the better players. In the draft. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why Kenneth Walker doesn't get way more credit for his ability, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. Next up, Chris Olave, and it's the exact same thing with Kenneth Walker. Chris Olave is a awesome route running, speedy, long-handed, long-armed, great big hand, handed wide out. He can run really, really awesome routes. He can make really, really deep cuts. He can run really, really fast. I would be kind of shocked if he tested below or above like 4.38. I'd be kind of like surprised. I'd be like, he does not look like he's a 4.40 athlete at all. He he burns people. He also has like, he's, he's an athlete, you know? He's a little bit thinner than what some people would like, but he's an athlete. He's fast. He has a really, really awesome vertical. He has some really, really great hands. Route running is there. Speed is there. Technique is there. Everything that you would want in a wide receiver is there when it comes to tangibles and then intangibles. He's a leader. Grizzolave, really, really awesome player. Garrett Wilson, his brother, not literally, but very figuratively, his teammate from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson, is essentially another version of Chris Olave, except he's not as fast. He's bigger, packs on a little bit more muscle, but he's not as fast. Garrett, not Garrett, Jahan Dotson is the Penn State version of Chris Olave. Like, every single draft uh, comparison that I can have for some of these wide receivers is that they're essentially Chris Olave in some in some factor in some faction or factor, but they're missing maybe X thing or they have additional thing or whatever, right? Jahan Dotson is like another version of Chris Olave, except maybe not as fast and maybe not as technical as Chris Olave. But Chris Olave, I mean, I think he could probably run like a low four three, like a four three three forty. Yikes, he's gonna be cooking. Let me tell you something. I don't have some of the other guys like Traylon Burks and Drake London on just because. I haven't taken like a strong look at them just yet, but I will probably in the next couple of weeks. Corners that I've taken a really, really nice long look at. Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback out of Clemson, okay? Was really unsure about this guy until I saw him play in his bowl game because I'd seen some stuff and I was just like, okay, all right. I kind of like his ability to cover. And the, uh, in the bowl game, in fact, I think I saw both of his final games of the season. And it was like in one game where the quarterback just, just tried him constantly. Just had like, like three or four pass attempts go his way within the first half. And Andrew Booth, I think, had picked off two of them and had batted the other two down. He was insane in that game. And then they just never threw at him for the entirety of the game. They're just like, we'll make our bread off of anyone else besides Andrew Booth Jr., <clears throat> Ahmad Gardner is kind of like one of those other co- cover corners that's really, really awesome as well. He's like another version of Andrew Booth Jr., but he doesn't have the ball skills, I think, of Andrew Booth Jr., which isn't like a super negative. It's just like an observation that I've had. Ahmad 
in some of these cover corners, or not cover corners, but some of these corners, some people think that corners are just all about picking off footballs and playing the ball and being Trevon Diggs. And in reality, it's a lot more Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to cover you and I'm going to prevent the quarterback from even throwing your way unless they're just an idiot who's going to throw into bad coverage. And that's what Ahmad Gardner kind of does pretty consistently is that he just forces really, really bad throws. And I thought the moments that I saw of Alabama versus Cincinnati, I wasn't watching that game to evaluate both those corners, but I was just watching that game, obviously, to you know to understand who, who would win and who would lose. But that game, both those corners, Ahmad and Kobe, did a great job working against Alabama versus what uh, you would think that versus how you would think that they would play up against Jamison Williams and Bryce Young and Evan Neal and things of that nature. They were great this weekend. Interesting game. Interesting game. They really put Bryce Young in a bind. Next up, defensive tackle. The only guy that I have on my list right now that I think is worthy of even talking about is the big boy out of Georgia, Jordan Davis. Now, some people, whenever they think of Jordan Davis and whenever they talk about Jordan Davis, it is with the notion, the headline, that he is not a run-stuffing defensive tackle, but that he is a pass-rushing defensive tackle. And I look at people who say that kind of like weird. I'm like, do you not watch Georgia play football? They don't want, like he gets off the field on third down. Like he's not a pass rushing defensive tackle. He's a run stuffing defensive tackle. Doesn't make any sense. They purposely put him in positions to not go after the quarterback because that's not what he does well. What he does well and that I would argue the highest of positions is he plays the run at the highest of positions and at the highest of levels. He is a rare prospect in the sense of he is like six foot eight, six foot five, like 330 pounds. And even with that mass, he is still athletic enough to occasionally make tackles for a loss. It's weird. It's like you would never think that a nose tackle would be that great of a football player because nose tackles usually... Nose tackles, one techniques, they're usually just fat guys. It's usually what they are. But Jordan Davis proactively can stop the run, occasionally inconsistently, sometimes by himself. Which is very rare for like a football player. And it's just like for some for certain teams, like I'm trying to think of a good match for Jordan Davis, but it's like for certain teams. Like let's say uh who's a team that has like let's say the Giants, for example. Let's say the Giants have like a 20th overall pick. They don't, but let's say they do. The Giants could like easily get Jordan Davis, pair him with Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojolari, and then it's just like, oh, we run the NFC East now. We have so much mass. We have so many awesome players up front that just teams in our division can't run on us anymore. Teams in our division are going to have a really, really hard time throwing at us now. And it's just one of those things that it just depends on what you do as a football team. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. So I'm like getting a nice look. Should we do a mock draft? We should, shouldn't we? We should do a mock draft. But yes, Jordan Davis, run-stuffing defensive tackle, 
rare player, awesome player. I think he's I think he's one of the best. I don't know. At his position. If not the best. Safety, it's Kyle Hamilton. Everybody, I mean, everybody knows who Kyle Hamilton is. Everybody knows who Kyle Hamilton is. Safety out of Notre Dame. Elite ball skills. Can fade back into coverage, into, into zone coverage. He can play both hashes. Everybody has seen the Florida State game, one of his earliest games because he got hurt, where he ran sideline to sideline to, not sideline to sideline, opposite hash to opposite sideline. Really, really awesome play, really, really awesome player. I don't know. I mean, he's kind of one of the more obvious picks for really... you know, the top 10, top five, but in my opinion, I would hold off on that depending on if you are a team that needs a safety or not. Also, one other player that I saw recently, corner out of Florida, I completely forgot to put his name on the uh, on the board here, Kair Alam. I don't know how to say his first and last name. He's the corner out of Florida. Super sticky as well. Super awesome prospect. I don't remember a lot from his ball game, but I did remember I liked what I saw going out of his ball game because I was just like, oh yeah, he's he's a guy that I have to keep my eye on going forward from here. But I did like him regardless. And I did remember watching him a couple of times this year, but I do I like I did like I did see him play in the last couple of weeks, and I was just like, oh yeah. And then I saw his name on the mock draft network site. And then I was just like, Oh yeah, that is the, the, uh, the Florida corner that I did like anyways, uh, Kyle Hamilton, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. He's probably going to go in the top three. Tyler Linderbaum. Okay. Center out of Iowa playing on a bad offensive line and is probably one of the best offensive linemen in the draft next year. Reason for that is that he's been really, Tyler has been one of the most important players on his football team. There's times where teams will give Iowa a bare front, essentially meaning that there's five down linemen, five pass rushers, because they're like, we like all of our matchups over your matchups because we think that we are significantly better than you. And to be honest with you, they kind of are. So what happens is, Tyler gets matched up against a nose tackle. Big boy. Like Jordan Davis. And he wins. A lot. There's times where he doesn't. There's times where he will struggle, kind of like against that guy, number 50 from Kentucky. And then there's other times where he'll just, like, straight up dominate people and just will win at the line of scrimmage. He's an awesome player. Some people are like, he's a top 10 pick. I'm like, hmm, Maybe. Also, maybe not. He is a sinner. I'm like, let's just, let's hold fast. Let's hold fast. <clears throat> Defensive end is a very, very interesting position to talk about. Because defensive end, right, is a position that has a bunch of big boys at it. A lot of huge names. 
these four names will probably fluctuate and change as the draft season goes along. These are just names that I was just like, oh, you know, like I know these names and we'll talk about these names a little bit here on the podcast. Those names are no particular order. Kavion Thibodeau, David Ojegbo, Aiden Hutchinson, George Karloftis. Those guys. Some of the best players at their respective positions. Not posi- not positions, position, defensive end. So, Kavion, pass rusher out of Oregon. Easily, probably the most has the most high upside out of all the defensive end prospects in next year's draft. Easily one of the most interesting positions or players coming out of the draft. Easily the best, one of the best players in the draft. Very confused as to why people have Aiden Hutchinson over when he's obviously better. Has really not had terrible games, things of that nature. David Ojegbo is like a worse version of Kavion Thibodeau. He's like less experienced because he didn't play or didn't start. <clears throat> until senior year because of Quiddy Pay, especially. Aiden Hutchinson, everybody knows who he is. I think he's a little bit overrated, but I think that he's still a good player. And then George Karloftis, who really could be better than all of them. He just played at Purdue. I was watching some of his games today, and I was just like, hmm. We could be over, or excuse me, under-evaluating him as a player. Hmm. We'll see. Let me take a swig, and then we'll finish off with quarterbacks. This is just a speed round, just to get ready, just to prep. Quarterbacks, because that's the only position that I have not talked about at all. It is the position that we will talk about. It is the position that is the most important, which is why I saved it for last quarterbacks Kenny Pickett Malik Willis Desmond Ritter Matt Coral pretty much in that order not pretty much in that order um maybe Matt Coral and Desmond Ritter kind of swap but maybe they don't Kenny Pickett probably the best prospect great arm great mobility gigantic human being six foot five two twenty two thirty potentially accurate but then his accuracy falls off all these quarterbacks accuracy falls off None so much as Desmond Ritter. That guy's accuracy is all over the place. He is a project. He's a second-round draft pick, easily. Easily a second round. I don't think he's a first. Easily a second. But Desmond, I like his intangibles. I like his leadership. I do like his arm, and I do like his mobility. And sometimes I, I, not sometimes, a lot of the times I do like his decision making. He just can't execute on the play call. He can't make the throws, which is problematic sometimes. Not sometimes. But he, but there are times where he just cannot make throws. And I'm just like, good decision, bad throw. Malik Willis is kind of similar in the sense that he's opposite of Desmond Ritter, where he can make a lot of the throws. He just occasionally has really, really bad decisions because he plays at um, at Liberty and Liberty has no players and things of that nature. And he has to freaking do everything by himself because he doesn't have any teammates. His offensive line just lets players just freaking beat his offensive line and let him come through. Just let him come through. We're going to open the 
open the river wide open for you. Open up the door. Come on through. Don't close it on your way in, by the way. We can't let the AC run out the house. But they do let a lot of free rushers come and destroy Malik Willis. It is what Liberty does. And it causes Malik Willis to be like, yeah, uh, I kind of need some help. Or I'll just freaking do everything myself. And it'll lead to disastrous results. Matt Coral, I remember talking about as essentially a worse version of Baker Mayfield, which I think he is. Not as great of an arm as people want want to believe. Not as accurate as people want to believe. And this is before I saw his bowl game. I think I've seen like four or five games of him this year. Didn't just see his bowl game where he got hurt, even though I was planning on seeing it and I did see it. But also, on top of the bowl game, there's just a consistency about his deficiencies. There's a consistency about his accuracy and about his arm strength and arm talent. And before people say and show me, well, 24, this is, this is the play. This is the throw. That will disprove that. I'm like, he's got about a dozen of throws that completely approve of what I'm saying. So it is what it is with Matt Coral. We'll finish off. We'll finish off with kind of the weekend roundup, but kind of in a more condensed version here. Let me plug in my computer first. Hold on. What's going on? What's going Yeah, what's going on? I just, I've been listening to Taylor Swift for the past couple of hours. So, let's talk about some of the games that happened over the weekend, and then we are piecing out. Sorry about that. Um, let's talk Raiders and Colts, okay? Raiders retaining their spot in the playoffs potentially potentially being a playoff contender 23 to 20 Raiders Derek Carr with a late field goal win victory yes victory against the Colts great job by the Raiders even though I picked the Colts to win Raiders are like in an interesting perfunctuous kind of mess where it's just like do you keep your special teams coordinator as the head coach? I just got to ask. I just want to ask. It's just like, do you, you know, do you keep him as your head coach or do you just, do you move on with your day and do you say, hey, you know what? We like you. Um, I don't know his name. What is it? It's Spagnola or Spags or something like that. I know it's not Rick. It's something. What's the Raiders? Hold on. I can just Google it. Why am I guessing? It's like, Jesus Christ. Hold on. Rich Bisacci. It's like I knew it's something like Italian. It's like I couldn't de uh, determine if it was like Spagnola or whatever, but it's just, yes. 
Is it Italian? I don't know. I could be wrong. Anyways, um, Rich Bisacci is essentially, not essentially, he is the head coach of the Raiders. The Raiders, they've won nine games. Raiders usually have a end of season falling of apart, or they usually fall apart at the end of the season. They have not fallen apart. They have stayed in playoff contention for the entirety of the season up until the last week, which is this week. They, If they do go to the playoffs, it'll be for the first time in like five years, believe it or not. They haven't gone to the playoffs since like 2016. So, I mean... Raiders are kind of up a creek without a paddle here because they just don't have a win. Or not even a win, but just an appearance in the playoffs. But if you're Rich Bisacci, and if you get the Raiders to the playoffs by beating the Chargers this weekend, uh, I don't know. I would consider it. Yeah, so it's a nice job by the Raiders this weekend against the Colts. One of the more sad things that happened, Dolphins' awesome win streak is now over with. They lost to the Titans 34-3. to Tua needs help. Tua needs help. He needs help from his OC. He needs help from his offensive line. He needs help from his head coach. He needs help from his GM. He needs help. First round draft pick. He's not Joe. He's not Justin. But he's a good quarterback. Or maybe he can be. He's made plays. He's in his third year next year. Maybe go out and sign an offensive lineman. Maybe draft an offensive lineman. I don't know. Gotta help out too. Maybe get Kenneth Walker. Maybe get a real running back. Again, I saw them play on like Monday night football a couple of weeks ago, Thursday night football, and I was just like, dude, he has no no players besides Jalen Waddle. And even Kaseki is kind of taking a step behind. Step back. I don't know. Titans won against Dolphins. Lions at Seahawks. Well, well, well. How does it feel to be a loser again, Lions? Hmm? Hmm? How does it feel once again to taste the absolute bitterness of defeat? Well, well, well. Are you happy now? Are you happy? Are you happier now? Goodness gracious. We don't want the first overall pick 24. We want to win football games. And as soon as they started to puff out their chest, and as soon as Lions fans were like, we're doing all this mess with all these undrafted free agents 24. We're doing all this stuff. What happened? They get smoked in Seattle against the Seattle Seahawks. 51-29. What a joke. What an abomination of epic proportions by the Detroit Lions, but we're a good football team, 24. We can win football games with Tim Boyle. I'm just like, okay. Okay. Welcome back to uh, to the couch. Welcome back to being on your couch in the playoffs, Detroit. Love how they got juiced up off of two wins. Two wins. Two wins. Juiced up, don't even know how to win, don't even know how to try. Juiced uh, off of two wins, and they want to tell me. They want to come to me, and they want to tell me that they're a playoff contender, that they are a good football team, and they can make a lot of progress. Okay. Okay, 49ers versus the Texans was an interesting game as well, particularly because Trey Lance played in it. 
And again, I said it on Sunday. I was like, Trey Lance didn't play that bad. Jimmy Garoppolo may be out of the season. Trey Lance and the 49ers, they need, they need a win. They're still not in the playoffs. They still have one week left. Who's it against? Hopefully, if you're the 49ers, it's against Seattle. And it's against the Rams. <laughs> it's against the Rams. Seattle is uh, not in play for the 49ers. 49ers, though, they pick up an awesome win against the Texans. And by the way, it is in Los Angeles. The game is in Los Angeles. Problem is with the Niners here, if you're the Niners, problem with the Niners is that the Niners, sorry about that. If you're the Niners, problem is um, you're kind of up a tree. You're kind of, not an up a tree, you're kind of in a bind here. Because if you're the San Francisco 49ers, standings right now show me that they're the third seed in their division. And you're going to be going up against the hardest team, which at this point in time, I believe is the Rams. I think it is. Based upon like tiebreakers or whatever. So you're going to be going up against the Rams, which may or may not be a bad thing for you. But continuing forward, it's just like, oh, yeah, you're also going to have to go up against the Packers if you beat the Rams. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Anyways. As I am talking about some of these games, my head hurts. Not as badly as it did yesterday, but definitely it hurts. Oh, yeah. Can I talk about the Chargers versus the Broncos here? Chargers beat the Broncos. Congratulations. Why isn't Vic Vangio fired? Why isn't he fired? This was the year. This was the big one. This was the year where he got all of his guys. He got Kyle Fuller. He got Patrick Sertan. He has Bradley Chubb. He has Von Miller. He has all the boys that he wants. Why isn't he winning football games? 24, he doesn't have a quarterback. He had three years to figure that out. Three years. He could have drafted Mac Jones or Justin Fields. Could have, didn't. He could have traded for a bevy of different quarterbacks like Russell Wilson or potentially maybe even Jimmy Garoppolo if that's the case. I'm not saying Jimmy's a great quarterback. I'm just saying you could have had him if you wanted him. Potentially. Instead of Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. You can't skimp on the quarterback position. He said that he do, he thinks that he has done enough in Denver to be able to get a fourth year in Denver. I'm like, we're wasting time at that point. We're wasting time. I don't understand it. Why isn't he fired? And, you know, it's funny. A lot of people are talking about how, like, you know, including myself, I'm talking about all of these other head coaches, but and all these other potential vacancies for head coaches. And we just completely gloss over the fact that Denver, it's what, the third year under Vic Vangio? And Vic Vangio has still not gone to the playoffs and is now the fourth seed in his division again with seven and nine. Just saying. 
Just saying. I'm like, when are we going to fire Vic Fangio again? I don't know. Anyways. Any other games that are like super important and super relevant? Talked about the Browns. Talked about some of these games on Sunday as well. Talked about the Lions and the Panthers. Talked about the Steelers yesterday. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm piecing out. Recorded this early. I'll try and get it out a little bit in a couple of hours. I'll see you tomorrow. I don't know what we'll talk about. I lost track of the day. I, I thought today for like the longest time was like Thursday. It's Wednesday. I'm like, yikes. <laughs> it feels like it's Thursday. But we'll talk about potentially playoff standings and playoff predictions as well as we look forward to the end of the season on Saturday and Sunday. I think I'll take Friday off and Thursday will be my final podcast of the week. And then we'll go into the weekend podcast and then we'll have two weekend podcasts. So we'll have the Sunday wrap up. Then we'll have Monday as well. And then we'll kind of go from there. All right. I'm peacing out. 24th podcast.